0: Thank you. welcome to tuesday everybody we made it through monday and now we're on the downhill slide on tuesday looking right at hump day on wednesday not bad tuesday is the day for dramas here on the best old time radio podcast hi i'm bob bro and i'm glad to be your host today and we have a Jim dandy of a, a show for you tonight it takes place down in mexico And it features, of all people, Burt Lancaster. Yes, Burt Lancaster stars in this one. And uh, it also has Gerald Moore and Kathy Lewis. And it's an episode of Suspense that was first broadcast on September 9th, 1948. And it's entitled The Big Shot." And I think you're going to enjoy it. So what I would recommend, as always, is that you put your feet up Get yourself something cool to drink, perhaps an adult beverage if you are so inclined, and uh, just relax and melt away the cares of the day and really get involved in this uh, very dramatic episode of Suspense. Again, it's from September 9th, 1948. It was heard on CBS, and its featured the, the featured presentation is Burt Lancaster in The Big Shot.
1: Suspense. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Mr. Burt Lancaster in Anton Leder's production of The Big Shot by Brett Halliday. A tale well calculated to keep you in. Suspense.
2: you got to be tough to be a big shot. Especially when you're cursed with yellow curly hair and a pretty baby face. I learned about that early when I was a kid and the other kids started razzing. I learned that if you bounced a brick off somebody's head, the razzing stopped and you were somebody. It was a very profitable lesson, which paid off as I grew up. And I found it pays dividends whether you're on East 10th Street or down in Mexico.
1: Morton! Charlie Morton! Yeah? Yeah. Well, welcome to Mexico. Well, thanks. You're Quinn, I suppose. Right. Glad to meet you. Same here. Well, it's lucky you were the only American on the bus or I'd never have recognized you. No? No. Collins wrote he was sending a young fellow out just from engineering school, but I didn't expect to Listen, Quinn, never mind my looks. You asked for a mining engineer and you got one. Any complaints? Why, of course. Well, if
2: there I... are, you can pay me off my guarantee and I'll get back on that bus.
1: Now, wait a minute, Morton. I didn't mean to offend you. I got no complaints as long as you can do the job. I can do the job. Yes, I guess maybe you can. Now, how about a drink? Sure, right over here at the corner. In Mexico, there's always a bottle of tequila not too far away. That's one thing that makes it attractive. Must be the only thing, then. Oh, I don't know. Some of us like it down here. (laughs) Is that so? Why'd you come, then? Well, that's easy. They told me there was money in it. Yeah. Yeah, there is. In here.
3: Ah. Bienvenidos, señores. ¿Qué quieren ustedes?
1: Dos tequilas, por favor.
3: Dos tequilas, sí.
1: I hope you like tequila, Morton. It's about all they have around here. It'll do. Are all the uh, bartenders like that? Oh, no, that's Lolita. Her father owns the place. Oh. Sure, to be plenty good for business. <laughs> I guess so. Say, your stuff has all arrived. Last box of equipment came in last night, so you can start setting up the mill as soon as we get back. Don't worry, I'll get it up. I'm not worried, but time is important.
3: Dos de here, señores.
1: Si, gracias, Lolita. Yeah, thanks, beautiful.
3: Beautiful?
2: Si, baby, that's you. From top to bottom.
3: Is okay, señor?
2: Is plenty okay, baby. Plenty.
3: Gracias, señor. Wow. Gracias. <laughs>
1: Maybe I'm going to like Mexico after all. Look, Martin, I don't know how much Collins told you about the setup. Not much. He said there was a chance for some money and plus a little excitement. He didn't tell you there might be more than excitement. Jail, maybe, or worse. He mentioned it. Oh. Okay, then. You understand that we've got a ticklish proposition on our hands. we got to be careful, especially with these people. <laughs> if they knew what we were planning. Okay, what are we planning? We struck a rich vein of gold quartz in the remote mountains about 20 miles from here. I've got my crew mining as fast as we can before anybody around here finds out about it. So? The tough part comes in getting it out of the country. There's a wave of Mexico for Mexicans right now, and if we haul the ore out to the regular stamping mill in town, the government will confiscate most of the gold. I see. So you bring me in to set up a small stamping mill at the mine and mill the ore there? Right. We figure that... In the next month, we can sluice out maybe a half million dollars worth of free gold. Then get out quick before anybody gets wise. Half a million dollars? Yes, but we'll still have to smuggle it out of the country. It's going to be a tough job. (laughs) Kid stuff. Yeah, it's not just the law we've got to worry about. Well, what else? Lolita? Sure. These people would inform moments if they found out. They wouldn't tell the government. They'd tell some bandit gang around in the hills somewhere. <laughs> Bandits. I suppose they got a Robin Hood down here, too. Okay, Morton. Maybe you'll learn. Well, I thought a half a million would tempt anybody. And a twentieth of that is your share. Maybe 25,000. That's not hay.
3: Senores. Careful, Morton. Senores. ¿Quieren ustedes otra
1: no, no, gracias. ¿Cuánto?
3: Un peso. Gracias, señores. Hello, Lita. Si, senor.
2: You understand, uh, comprende English?
3: Si, senor. I speak English muy good.
2: Oh, so I see. Never mind, baby. A little is enough. Your old man ever give you any time off?
3: Que, senor. No comprendo.
2: Well, let's put it another way. Are you doing anything Saturday night? Wait a minute, Morton. Better not make any dates. Well, why not? A guy can't work all the time, especially with stuff like this around. You don't expect me to stay up there... Quiet, you fool. Okay. Never mind, beautiful. See you later. Comprendi?
3: See, sí, senor. See you later. Yeah, you
1: get the idea.
3: Hasta luego.
1: Look, Morton, I warned you. Be careful. I'm a big boy. I can take care of myself and her. Just remember, there's a half a million involved. Yeah, half a million. Maybe, all together, for the company. $25,000 for you. Half a million dollars. Listen, Morton. And $25,000 for me. That's not enough for you? It'll do for a start. You think you're a pretty big shot, don't you, Morton? And you don't like it, is that it? I don't like you. That bus is still out there. And you could get another engineer down here in maybe six weeks. Something tells me I ought to take you up on that, but I don't have to like you. As long as you do your job and stay out of trouble.
2: Okay, then let's leave it at that.
1: Whatever happens, it won't be me who'll have any regrets.
2: Setup was just like Quinn said. Except that the ore was even richer than I'd expected. There was a pile of it already mined, and I put them into work right away assembling the stamping mill. You know, hard rock miners are funny. They hate being bossed by an engineer who's learned all his mining out of books. And they didn't like it either that I was getting a bigger share of the net than they were. And of course, to add that, my looks, the yellow hair, and the baby face. I knew that sooner or later I'd have to show them that they couldn't draw any wrong conclusions from my face. Well, it didn't take long for the showdown to come.
3: Come on,
4: Hank. Let's knock off. Charles ready. Okay. Wait a minute, Logan. Let's yeah? Let's
2: that sluice is not tight. You better get down there and tighten up those bolts. You can wait till tomorrow. Charles ready. I said get down there and tighten up those bolts. Who's going to make me? A dude engineer?
1: I am. Why you These little... Come on, oh, Logan. I got you. Yeah, but you're not tough enough, little man. You've watch him. Me, will you? I'll oh, oh, you. Me. Well, look out. Look out. They're too close to the gully. Morton, look out. Morton, you knocked him over the cliff. He went down on the gully. I saw him. Hurry up. Get down there, man. He's probably hurt bad. Must have fallen 30 feet. Morton, where are you going? Somebody said Supper was ready. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to knock him over the cliff. Yeah, I asked for But you didn't have to fight like that. Like you meant to kill him. They wouldn't take orders. And I had to show him. Okay, Morton. Quinn. Hey, Quinn. Yeah? He, he's dead. His neck's broke. So... You gotta show us all how tough you are, don't you, Morton? Even if it amounts to murder. If
2: nobody else wants any supper, I do. I'm hungry. You gotta be tough. It's a tough world. And you gotta be tougher than the next guy. I was tougher than Joe Logan, that's all. I beat him in a fair fight. If he slipped and fell over that cliff, well, it's just too bad. While they buried him, I ate my supper. After that, I had no more trouble with the men. The first Saturday that everything was running smoothly, I went up to Quinn's tent.
1: Quinn! Yeah? Oh, come in, Morton. We're just looking over the take so far. What's your guess? Mm, maybe a hundred thousand? Yes, Maybe. We'll pull at least 250. We'll get that half a million. Don't you worry. If nobody bothers us. Uh, Don't be so jumpy. Nobody's going to bother us. I hope not. Say, Morton, I got to admit you've done a whale of a job so far. Forget it. Don't worry, Morton. I don't like you any better. But I can appreciate it when a man knows his job and does it well.
2: Okay, okay.
1: Look, I'm going into town. You want any supplies? I'm sending Andy in for him. Well, there's no use of the two of us going. Morton, I'm the boss here. Are you? Yes. You told me as long as I did the job,
2: that was all you cared about. That's right. Okay, I've done the job. It'll take the crew two days to catch up.
1: I'm going to town. I'll tell Andy. You'll get the supplies.
3: Aquí, querido. More tequila?
2: CC, baby. <laughs> Come in,
3: Oh, Senor Charm. Mm. Love me, baby? Oh, Pedro, si, sí, querido. I have never met one like you. Yeah,
2: like goes double, baby. You're sensational. You'd knock them dead in the States. I'd like to take you back there. I'd like to dress you up in fancy clothes with diamonds in your hair.
3: Diamonds? Oh, Senor, you must be very rich.
2: Not yet, not yet. But give me time.
3: It's very interesting. Tell me more, querido.
2: Later, baby, later. Right now, let's blow this joint.
3: But, Senor Charlie, is it not you must go back to wherever you go?
2: Ah, they can do without me for a while. I like it here better.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, Senor. <laughs>
0: Well, what was that?
2: What'd the kid say?
3: It's nothing, senor Charlie. It's a game they play. Well, what'd he say? He say, beware el chico. Oh, who's el chico? It's nobody, senor. You must not mind.
2: Sounds like a Mexican goblin or something.
3: (laughs) El chico is, uh, they say, a bandido. You know, like Americanos. He rob, kill them. (laughs) They see me with Americano, they say, beware el chico. It's a game. I
2: get it. He's the Mexican equivalent of Superman, eh? An imaginary Robin Hood in a sombrero. Oh,
3: no comprendo, senor.
2: Well, never mind, baby. Forget the fairy tales. That kid ought to be home in bed anyway instead of running around a saloon.
3: He's my little brother.
2: Oh, I get it now. This is the family game to scare off the Americanos, eh? No,
3: no, senor.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't scare easily, baby. I don't scare at all. Ah, bueno. Uh, No, sorry. I... Say...
3: Okay? What does the matter, Senor Charlie?
2: Nothing, baby, nothing. I just had a great idea, that's all. Thank your little brother for me, baby. He's just given me a great idea. Yeah, a great idea. For a long time I've been thinking, why just 25000 Why not the whole half a million? There's something wonderful about those little bags of free gold, you know. They're so negotiable. you don't have to exchange them for anything else before you can get the cash. With a half a million and, and Lolita, life could be beautiful. And now the plan was shaping up in my mind. I started putting it into effect as soon as I got back to the camp. Quinn was waiting there for me as I rode up and I could see he was boiling.
1: Under of you, Ben. You were due back two days ago. Ah, I got drunk. I didn't feel like hitting the trail this morning. Oh, just like that. Take it or leave it. Well, that's it. I don't blame a man for getting drunk. Once. But I'll send somebody else in for supplies next week. I'm going in. i got a date next Saturday night. Listen, Martin, I told you. You, you know, want to fire me now? Huh? You got anybody else
2: that can keep the mill going? I haven't, and you know it. All right, then. Let's get to work. Martin, uh, maybe we better speed up a little, too. Why? Well, they're talking in town about this, this El Chico. El Chico? Yeah, Bandito thinks he's going to run all the Americanos out of Mexico. He's making war on the Americans. He's been raising cane up north. Up north? Yeah.
1: The talk in town was that he's uh, heading down this way. I was afraid of something like that. You better tell me about it, Morton. Tell me all about it.
2: It was a cinch. From the very first, he swallowed it all the next Saturday he was begging me to go back to town keep my ears open find out all I could of course I heard plenty then Quinn was hurrying the men trying to figure out a way we could get out but the way I told him El Chico had complete control of the province to the north and blocked our way back to the states the only other way was across the mountains to the west and they were impassable without native guides now, he knew that but I reminded him and then the next time I went into town I brought back the map a greasy crumpled dog-eared pencil map scrawled on butcher paper it was a masterpiece. It should have been. It took me a whole night to draw it. And it showed an old wagon road going out over the mountains to the coast. I told Quinn I bought it from an old Mexican. It was the prelude for my trump
1: card. Okay. Map looks genuine, all right. And if it is, that road can't be more than ten miles due west of here. Yeah, and I figure less than that. Straight over there in that low pass. My golly, I think you're right. Sure. All we got to do is to get across this one, this, this one canyon right here. And how do you figure we do that? With wings? It's 300 feet deep and 100 wide. No, it's easy. Yeah? That tequila you've been swilling in town's got you goofy. want well, to throw a bridge across. I love the way you say that. Like, why not have another flapjack for breakfast?
2: Look, I'm an engineer, remember?
1: I'll put a bridge across there in three days. Morton, you do that and I'll take back everything I ever said about you. <laughs>
2: next morning I tied a 200 foot length of rope around my waist, took a pulley with me and started down to the bottom. It took me all day to make it up to the other side. I tied the pulley to a jack pine and pulled the rope through tight and tied it off. And then I came back hand over hand. After that, it was simple to finish the slickest suspension bridge you ever laid eyes on. Plenty strong enough to hold all our men and mules fully loaded. It was so good that even Quinn had the grace to
1: admit it. I got a hand it to you, Morton. I've seen a lot of engineers that can work things out on paper, but not many that can do the job themselves. Thanks. What do you say we take a look over there tomorrow for that road? No need to. I took a little walk the day I ran the cable across. The road's there all right. Just where the map shows it. Oh. All right, if you found it, I guess that takes care of that. Sure, we're all set. Thanks to you. I guess I owe you an apology, Morton. Maybe we all owe our lives to you. (laughs)
2: It's the only time, before or after, that I had a qualm when he said that. But you got to be tough. I couldn't forget that. It was too late now to back out. Everything was ready. We were all set to leave on short notice. Quinn wrote a letter to Collins in the States, telling him to meet us on the coast with a boat. Quinn gave me the letter to mail in town. But, of course, I never mailed it. I spent my time in town getting the necessary mules and the gear. And then I went to Lolita.
3: Querido mío. I have missed you.
2: Well, it's the last time you'll have to miss me, baby. This is it. The diamonds, the fancy clothes, all of it. Yours.
3: Mine? Querido, you are rich now?
2: By this time tomorrow, we'll both be rich. With more gold, then we'll know what to do with for the rest of our lives.
3: Gold? You have found much gold?
2: See, si, And it's ours, thanks to El Chico.
3: El Chico? Wh-
2: Remember Beware, El Chico, the game you played with your brother?
3: Oh, see. Si.
2: Well, that's what gave me the idea. And it worked perfectly. <laughs> we'll have to thank El Chico if we ever run into him.
3: Oh, I do not think that will happen. After all, El Chico is only in a game, remember?
2: Well, never mind the games now, baby. we got work to do. Now get some clothes, but keep it light. We'll pull out of here at midnight. And tomorrow, tomorrow we're rich. Oh, there, Alto.
3: We are here already, querido.
2: No, but but you stay here with the mules while I go into camp with Quinn's train. It'll be dawn in an hour, and then you start up. See. Si. And remember, raise as much dust as you can. It's part of the plan. See. Si. By the time you get there, everything will be ready. Comprende? See, si,
3: see, si, querido. You are sure there will be no mistake?
2: Not with me running this clam bake, honey. Now give me a kiss. That a girl. Hustle la baby.
3: Good luck, querido.
2: But I wasn't depending on luck. You don't need luck when you got everything figured I knew the leader and I'd be on our way back to the States with a trunk full of that yellow stuff. And the men? Well, I didn't even give them a thought. Not even Quinn. Dumb lugs. Too stupid to reach for what they wanted. They deserved whatever life handed them. Just before I rounded the last bend into camp, I stopped the pack. It's awful quiet in the mountains just before dawn. I took a deep breath and... Quinn! Quinn! Get going, you mangy cusses. Try to look like you've been running for 20 miles.
1: Quinn, no Quinn! Who is it? What, is that you? What is it? What's
2: the matter? Alta. Uh, we'll have to get out in a hurry. Al Chico's on his way here with 20 men. He'll be here inside of two hours. How'd he find out about us? Oh, it's all my fault. I was a fool to trust the leader. I thought she was okay. She sent word to Old Chico about the gold. You blasted idiot. I
1: told you to keep your mouth shut. I know, I know. You can kick me anywhere. I've been kicking myself all the way up here. I'd like to kill you. Well, I wouldn't blame you, Quinn. All right, men. Get those mules back. We're getting out. The gold first. Two saddlebags for each mule.
2: I worked like a demon alongside the men, getting the stuff packed. And then, just as the last mule was getting his diamond hitch, I grabbed Quinn's arm.
1: What do you want? Quinn, I've been thinking. i got to do something. Looks to me like you've done enough. Why don't you see? It's my fault. It's up to me to do something now. This is no time to beat your breast. We're getting out. Getting out of here as fast as we no, can. No, look. Look, I got an idea. You gotta let me square myself.
2: Make it snappy. We can't waste time. Well, listen. I place a dynamite charge under the eye bolts at this side of the bridge. Uh-huh. Now, I'll stay on this side and wait till you're safely across. Then blow the bolts clean so there'll be no trace left. I see. You cut the cables on the other side with a hacksaw and the whole bridge will drop to the bottom where the brush will hide it. You'll be out of sight when El Chico comes. And I'll tell him you I've slicked him, gone north. He'll waste several days riding after you before he realizes the truth. And by that time, you'll be safe on the coast. What about
1: you? Well, I don't matter. This wouldn't have happened if I had shot my mouth off. Come on, you fellas, get going. Nuts, we'll stick together. Cutting the cables on the far side's a good idea. He'll lose a day going back to where he can cross but the canyon.
2: A day is not enough. His horses will catch your moves. we got to destroy every sign of the bridge. Make them think you've gone the other way. I'm staying.
1: I don't know. It's the only
2: way, Quinn. Look, look. You can see the dust cloud over there on the trail. He's coming. You haven't got much time
1: to get out of sight. All right, Morton. Maybe I was wrong about you. Let me shake your hand.
2: Good luck. Good luck. That's all guys like Quinn can think about. They don't understand a man who's tough enough to make his own luck. All of them lined up and they shook my hand. They all hated me since I came on the job. Now they were shaking my hand. And in a minute... <laughs> the me, you'll start it. Soon, they were all strung out on that long, swaying bridge. Quinn stayed till last, spacing them out. I waved to him and waited for him to step out on the bridge. My hand inched toward the plunger. But
1: then the stupid fool started back toward me. Go on, Quinn. Hurry. There's no time. I can catch up with him. Listen, I've been thinking, Morton. Sunday, while you were in town, I looked around for that road. I couldn't find it's it. They're all right? You'll find it. Hurry, Quinn. Maybe so. But I was just thinking... Why'd you plant the dynamite under this end of the bridge? Well, I... Why couldn't you have strung wires and blown it out from the other side? I just didn't. I made a mistake. All right, I'll take the consequences. You can still do it, Morton. We've got plenty of wire. No need for you to fall into El Chico's hands. Go on, you fool. Go on. In a minute, it'll be too late. Too late for what, Morton? Look at that dust. He's coming. You know what I think? I think El Chico isn't anywhere within 500 miles up here. What? I think you planned to blow up this bridge with the men on it. Drop us all at the bottom where you could pick up the pieces. Get away, Quinn. You can't stop me now. I'll take care of you later. Get away from that plunge. Stop it. Morton, get your hand off that. Stop it. No. The <laughs>
2: Cushion had my head reeling for a few seconds. When the landscape swam back into focus, I could see the bridge was gone. The bridge and the men and the mules. But I I couldn't seem to figure out what happened. Quinn lay beside me. Very still. I could see blood. How did... I seem to remember hearing a shot. But where did it come from?
5: Charlie!
2: You did it. You
5: shot him. You're wonderful.
2: We did it, baby. We did it. Look it down there. A half a million bucks, baby. Three million pesos in gold. All we got to do is go down and pick it
4: up. (laughs) Indeed. A good job, senor.
2: I stared stupidly at the little man in the big sombrero who stepped out of the manzanita and grinned at me. A smoking revolver dangled from one hairy paw. And the other... The other was pulling Lolita toward him. My Lolita. She put her arms around him and kissed him in a way that she never kissed me.
4: We will pick up your gold for you, senor. You are a very smart man, senor Charlie. I should like to be your friend. Except... You are gringo. And you mistake to make the love to the sweetheart of El Chico...
1: Bert Lancaster for a splendid performance.
2: My thanks to the fine cast of radio actors who appeared on tonight's show. Suspense is always one of my favorite programs, whether I'm acting on it or listening to it. And you can be sure that I'll be glued to my radio next Thursday evening when Gregory Peck appears in a story called Hitchhike Poker. Another gripping study in Suspense. Bert Lancaster will soon be seen in the Norma production Kiss the Blood Off My Hands Tonight's suspense play was written by Brett Halliday And adapted for radio by Lawrence Goldman With music composed by Lucian Morrowick And conducted by Lud Bluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leder In the coming weeks Suspense will present such stars as Robert Young, Virginia Bruce Edward G. Robinson, Ray Milland, and many others And of special note Our star tonight, Burt Lancaster, may currently be seen in the film version of Sorry, Wrong Number, that great suspense play, soon to be repeated on this program with Agnes Moorhead in her original role. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear Gregory Peck in Hitchhike Poker.
0: Well, you were just listening to an episode of Suspense entitled The Big Shot. It was first broadcast on CBS September 9th, 1948. And of course, it featured Burt Lancaster, also Gerald Moore and Kathy Lewis. Uh, Burt Lancaster, I mean, everybody knows Burt Lancaster. He made over 70 films, did some work on television too, and a few on radio. He was on Suspense, I believe, twice. But uh, he was um, formerly a uh, circus performer. He, he actually flew on the trapeze, and then he went on to become a, uh, an actor and a producer. He, he started off playing tough guys, and then they developed the role of tough guys with a tender heart, and then he, he just played a number of complex roles over the years. Very well received. He, I think, I don't know, he had four or five Academy Award nominations for Best Actor. The only time he ever actually won the Academy Award was for Elmer Gantry. Uh, probably his most critically acclaimed film was a film called Atlantic City. That was one he was nominated for just about every award you can think of for his lead role in that, and that was one of his later films. What what, what do you suppose his last film was? He died at age, I think it was 80 or 81, and he died in um, 1994. Uh, His last movie was Field of Dreams. That's right, Field of Dreams. And, boy, he he played a great, uh, great role in that, remember? What was his name, Doc? Doc, I can't think of his last name. What was his name, Chester? Graham. Yes, Moonlight Graham. Yes, yes, Moonlight Graham. Did you know that that was based on a real character? Yes, it was. Uh, W.P. Kinsella, who wrote Shoeless Joe, that was the name of the book, And Field of Dreams was based on Shoeless Joe. He actually borrowed this character from history. His name was Archibald uh, Moonlight Graham. Let me just look that up real quick. Okay, here it is. It says Archibald Wright Moonlight Graham was an American professional baseball player and medical doctor who appeared as a right fielder in a single major league game for the New York Giants on june twenty ninth, nineteen oh five. Imagine that. And and Kinsella actually took that and put that in, in the story. It was it was genius. It was really genius. Archibald Moonlight Graham, uh, played by Bert Lancaster in the film Field of Dreams. Well, all right, that's going to do it for us for this Tuesday. We are so glad you stopped by. i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go out. I know that they were talking about uh, a different type of mining, but uh, coal mining is kind of what you think of in this country when you think of mining. So I thought I'd leave tonight with a couple of coal mining songs. Uh, one of them by Jimmy Dean and another one by Loretta Lynn. So, I hope you enjoys those. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. I'll see you tomorrow with a brand new uh, mystery, and then on Thursday we'll be back with a western. See you then. Bye bye.
4: Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six, weighed two forty five, kind of broad at the shoulder, narrow at the hip, and everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John big john big john big bad john big john nobody seemed to know where john called home he just drifted into town and stayed all alone didn't say much kind of quiet and shy but if you spoke it all you just said hi to big john Somebody said he came from New Orleans where he got in a fight over a Cajun queen and a crashing blow from a huge right hand sent a Louisiana fella to the promised land. Big John. Big John. Big John. Big Big bad John. Big John. Then came the day at the bottom of the mine When a timber cracked and men started crying Miners were praying, hearts beat fast And everybody thought that they'd breathe the last, said John Through the dust and the smoke of this man-made hell Walked a giant of a man that the miners knew well Grabbed a sagging timber, gave out with a groan And like a giant oak tree, just stood there alone Big John Big John Big John, Big Bad John, Big John. Mm-hmm. With all his strength, he gave a mighty shove. Then a miner yelled out, "There's a light up above!" And twenty men scrambled from a would-be grave. Now there's only one left down there to save Big John. With Jackson Timbers, they started back down and came that rumble way down on the ground. And the smoke and gas belched out of that mine. Everybody knew it was the end of the line for Big John. Big John. Big John. Big, John. Big Bad John. Big John. Now they never reopened that worthless pit. They just placed a marble stand in front of it. These few words are written on that stand. At the bottom of this mind lies one hell of a man, Big John. Big John, Big John, Big Bad John, Big John, Big John.
5: Would start all over come break up morn. Daddy loved and raised their kids on a minor's pay. Mommy scrubbed our clothes on a washboard every day. Why, I've seen her fingers bleed to complain there was no need. She'd smile standing way In the summertime we didn't have shoes to wear But in the time, we'd all get a brand new pair From a mail order catalog Money made from selling a hog Daddy all The money's somewhere Yeah back home again Not what's left but the floor Nothing lives here anymore Except the memories